and friends from YWAM Ola, welcome to our podcast. Uh, my name is Ruth, I'm staffing here at the base, and today we have a very good friend from our base already. He's been teaching and he's been like with us for like three years, I'll say, like since our first DTS started. His name is Ryan, and yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be talking today about Holy Spirit. Yeah, so I teach about the Holy Spirit now, but I did not grow up in a church that was talking a lot about the Holy Spirit. I grew up in a church that um, you received Christ in your heart and Holy Spirit was your ticket to heaven someday when you died. And if you committed a sin, you would feel very bad about it. That's about all the Holy Spirit did. In my church, there was these uh, people that they were known as cessationists. And those people are a type of Christian, but they believe after the Bible was written, the miracles, the gifts of the Spirit stopped completely. That we don't need the gifts of the Spirit anymore now that we have the Bible. But I've learned that nowhere in the Bible does it actually say that the gifts of the Spirit stopped after the Bible times. So I grew up learning how to be uh, a, a good debater, you know, to learn how to fight with people intellectually to get people to believe in Christianity. But I wanted something powerful that people could experience with God. I wanted, I would read these stories about in the Bible, people encountering the Holy Spirit in powerful ways, but I didn't see the same thing in my world today. And I remember talking to someone who was an agnostic and I was sharing with this person about Jesus and the person said, well, I guess we'll see who's correct when we die, me or you. And in my country, in the United States, we have so many different religions and picking a religion is like picking a football team. You pick your team, I pick my team, and together we'll just enjoy together. But being a Christian is so much more than just a religious system. It's a relationship with God, our Creator, a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so I remember I was frustrated that I wanted people to encounter God, to know that God was real, but I felt like I had nothing to show them. And that's when I started to hear stories of people in this world today laying hands on sick people and they're getting instantly healed hearing the voice of God, experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit, and many other things. I'm thinking, where has this been all my life? This is crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's good. It makes me think about, uh, I wonder how was for you then your relationship with God, mm. like before Holy Spirit? Because I bet Holy Spirit is a big thing now, like mm. in your relationship with God. So. And actually, like Jesus said, like I'm living and I'm going back to the Father where I give you the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So he is literally like God with us mm -hmm. now. Like before, like first it was Jesus, but now it's Holy Spirit is kind of God amongst us. So mm -hmm. how was it for you like to have this or in, in like where is where you start like kind of saying, oh, this is actually something like mm -hmm. different. Like this is powerful. Like this is real. Like yeah. Holy Spirit, it is, it is real, like it's not just an energy, right? Or it's not only like this thing, but when or how was it that changed for you? Yeah, I was saved when I was about five years old. I grew up in a strong Christian home and we would go to church every Sunday. I was very involved in my youth group and doing missions trips, but I didn't really see the power of the Holy Spirit like I see today. And I would talk to God, I would pray, but it was more like writing letters to Santa Claus. You know, you pray and you ask for something and maybe God will give you something back. But I've learned that prayer is not just one-way communication. It's two-way communication. It's praying but also receiving from the Holy Spirit. 
And I heard these stories on YouTube and, and reading books about revival and the Holy Spirit powerfully touching people's lives. And I'd been a Christian all my life, and I thought, where has this been my whole life? And they would use these scriptures like Mark 16, 17 to 18. These signs will follow those that believe. It's not just certain people or pastors or, or the, the people that have never made a mistake or never sinned. It says those that believe. And one of those is that they will lay hands on the sick and they will be healed. And other scriptures they would use, like um, Jesus says, the same, or the, Jesus says, when you believe in me, you will do the works that I do and greater works. And later it says the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. And that Jesus taught the disciples to walk in the Spirit, to have the power of the Holy Spirit as they would minister. And then he says to the disciples, now go into the world and teach make disciples and teach them to do what I told you to do. And so these preachers would say, hey guys, we can operate in the power of the Holy Spirit as well. So the very first time I prayed for someone, I was in my church and he had a stomach problem. He had been in the hospital, had some issues, and I thought, today's my day. I'm going to pray for him. He's going to be totally healed. It's going to be amazing. I go up to him. I pray for him. Nothing happens. Nothing. I pray again. Nothing happens. He's still the same. And he goes, well, I got to go. And he walks away. And I thought, God, I thought the Bible says if I pray, they're going to be healed. What's going on? I was discouraged. And many Christians in these moments after they pray and it doesn't happen, they say, man, God, maybe you don't want them to be healed. Maybe I don't have the gift of healing. Maybe God does not do miracles today. Or maybe God does not even exist. But I've heard several stories of people in this world today that have amazing miracle ministries through the power of the Holy Spirit, that God is using them powerfully to heal and to do many other miraculous things. But when they first started praying for people, no one was healed. Nothing happened. I had met one guy one time that prayed for hundreds and hundreds of people and saw zero people healed. No one was healed at first, but he did not give up. And a few quotes that I heard that really touched my heart. One of those quotes is, do not let your experience affect or change what God's word says. That even if you see something or don't see it, God's word will never change. And then one more quote I heard was, when God's word becomes more real to you than the problem in front of you, miracles can happen. And this was, this touched me because this, these guys did not give up. They kept praying for people. And then one day this guy prayed for someone and boom, they were healed. And this guy's back, whoa, I'm healed. And then it was like a snowball effect. It got bigger and bigger. More miracles started happening, like almost like popcorn in a bag. Pop, pop, pop. Miracles start happening in his life. So I did not give up. And I kept praying for people and nothing happened. And around that time, I was in a church service and I was seeking after the Holy Spirit more and more. I was in a church service and I was praying and I feel someone put his hand on my back. And I thought, hmm, okay, someone wants to pray for me but the hand gets very hot. It's not normal. And I was like, okay. So the hand keeps gets getting hotter and, and the heat is spreading throughout my back. And I thought, what is this? And about a minute later, I opened my eyes. I looked behind my back. No hand is on my back. I thought, this is really weird. And so this started this pursuit. I started pursuing more and more of the Holy Spirit and just getting into these environments of faith. And I've learned that, you know, people can be in church every week of their life. But if they are not pursuing God in faith and wanting to be used by God more, 
maybe they will never see or never be used by God in the miraculous. And so it's a, a process. So then as I continued to pray for people, no one was healed. But one day I was on my, the phone with my friend from Denmark. He was in Europe. I was in the United States. And we were 7,000 kilometers away on the phone. He told me I had bad pain in, in his, he had, has bad pain in his lungs. And he said, sometimes I feel like I'm not going to live a full life. And I said, well, let me pray for you. And I prayed for him over the phone. And I've learned that God is not limited by distance, that God can touch people even many miles away over the phone, over Zoom calls. And I prayed for this guy. I said, Holy Spirit, I thank you. And I pray for this guy's lungs to be totally healed in Jesus' name. This guy, my friend, he goes, when you're praying for me, he says, my lungs are getting better. I'm like, what? He says, yes, I'm in my bedroom in the United States. He's in Denmark. And I said, do you still have any pain? He says, I have a little bit. I said, okay, let's keep praying. And by the end of that time, maybe five minutes, all the pain was totally gone from his lungs. And man, this lit a fire inside of my heart. And I had gotten together with another friend of mine and he had come back from YWAM. And I would just, I was learning about what YWAM is, that these faith-filled guys, and I saw people's lives get changed by YWAM. And so we started going out to McDonald's, grocery stores, and just pray for people. And that was about almost 10 years ago. And to this day, I have seen thousands of miracles take place around the world. I've seen cancer get healed, hearing come to ears that could not hear very well, sight come to eyes that could not see very well, legs growing out, pains, diseases being healed. Um, and even this guy that had a, um, a bone, a collarbone that was broken, he comes into church service like this, and as we pray, he's moving his arm. All the pain is gone. And it was only about a week and a half after this accident he had, and the doctor said at least six weeks before his shoulder could function again. But here we are a week and a half later, we're praying, and he's moving his arm. All the pain is gone. And he goes into the hospital after that, and the doctor checked him with new x-ray. His bone had come back together in one piece. And he said, in that hospital, Jesus' name was held with the highest honor. And I've seen that these miracles are a vehicle. The gifts of the spirits are a tool to bring the gospel, to share the love of Jesus everywhere we go. Again, I think it's, it's incredible. And I think you mentioned faith. And that makes me think about really like faith and trusting. I think it's a big thing here when it comes about like a journey with the Holy Spirit. Because as you said many times, it's not going to happen as the way you're expecting but that doesn't mean that God is not there or God is not backing you up. But I think it's about trusting God in walking with this Holy Spirit because in the end, I believe it's a partnership. It's not only like the Holy Spirit serving you or you serving it. I think it's both together, uh, working together with the Holy Spirit. Yes. Um, but I think many times what I've heard, even with people like that, they already have experiences with the Holy Spirit uh, it's like, how do I know that is the Holy Spirit that me? Mm. And, and when it comes to small things like just giving a, a word to someone, mm. just like receiving something and then just giving it uh, or actually going and praying, mm. like God asking you to do something like crazier, mm. like go and pray for this person that you never know, but God is revealing you something. But how did you, like, how was that journey for you? Like to overcome like those things or those thoughts and just like step out in kind of boldness. How was it for you? Or how will you say to those that are kind of thinking or just like doubting sometimes about yeah. that? So to me, for me, it started with 
praying for the sick and starting to see the healings happen, but then I had to grow in hearing God's voice, actually knowing, okay, God wants to talk to me. He actually wants to lead me. And we're not just here to heal sick people, but we're also here to obey what the Holy Spirit is saying. And I struggled with that for a very long time. Like, what is God's voice, my voice? What's the difference between these voices? And I've learned that God is not just wanting, He's not just looking for workers to work for heaven. He wants sons and daughters that are in relationship with Him. And He, he wants intimate relationship with His children. And so I heard someone say one time that if you are in a room with smoke or you're in a barbecue and you have smoke come in your, your hair and your clothes, you smell like the barbecue because you're spending time with it. And in the same way, the more we spend time with Jesus, the more he is going to be upon us, the more it's going to get on us. And it reminds me of Paul's clothes that were anointed. And even if people would touch him, he's, he was so with the Holy Spirit that even if people would touch them, they would be healed. And it's not just to release the power, but also to, to know what his voice sounds like. Growing up, my mom had a very special whistle. And I would be in the grocery store and I'd walk away from my mom and I'm like, where's my mom? And all of a sudden they hear my mom's whistle and I knew that's my mom. And in the same way, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, they follow me. And the stranger's voice, they don't follow. And I believe it should be normal for all Christians to be able to hear his voice. But for me, it started with me spending a lot of time with Jesus, a lot of time speaking with him and praying and listening, like I said. And sometimes we want things from God. We want God to say certain things. We want God to give us answers for different questions. But what I found is one of the most effective prayers that we can pray is asking God, God, what do you want to say right now? What is on your heart right now? Because maybe God wants to answer your question in the future, but maybe right now he wants to say something else. And you say, God, what do you want to say right now? And you listen to what he has to say. And some of us that are very intellectual, we think, well, how do I know that it's God's voice? But I had someone say to me one time, he says, you already know what God's voice is. And I thought, no, I don't. I'm, I'm looking for God's voice. I'm not sure what God's voice is. But I believe as children of God, deep down in our heart, we know when God is speaking. And the more we speak to God, the more we spend time with God, the more we commune with the Holy Spirit, the more his voice can become more real to us, more powerful. And in the same way, the more we ignore God's voice, the more we spend time in our own head not talking to God and not with the Holy Spirit, maybe the more difficult it is to hear his voice. And so also when we're in public and when we're doing evangelism or even in our day-to-day -day life, our jobs or with our family, or we're going through some problem, I believe one of the most effective prayers for me that I've learned is asking God, God, show me this person or this situation, not through my eyes, but I want to see through your eyes. God, I want to see what you see. Because many times what we see as humans is very different than what God sees. We, even when Jesus was on the earth, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, would see things different than Jesus would see. And so I believe part of being a son and daughter is to say, God, I want your perspective. I want to hear what you hear. I want to see what you see so that I can act according to what you desire. I think it's amazing and I, I would like to talk a little bit more about 
what you mentioned, and I think it's intimacy, like with God and with Jesus. Because I remember while you were sharing the story, I was thinking about, I was reminded on a moment on my DTS, actually, that um, it was while I was doing my work duty, and I was literally like cleaning toilets, <laughs> where I was having a deep conversation with God. And where the Holy Spirit really touches me, and I just started crying because I was having this moment with Him. And that makes me think about, um, is there like in the intimacy only like between you and Him where you can really know Him? Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like in the end, that's what life is about. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, I mean, praise for someone and miracles and all these things is amazing. Mm-hmm. But it's just like a very short period of time of your life in general. It's going to last like 10 minutes, mm-hmm. something, and then you're going to go back to your normal life. Mm-hmm. You're going to go back to your room. You're going to go back to what you do, to what you do, um, to your family, to your friends. And I think we have to learn how to like connect with God and with the Spirit yes. in those moments yeah. because that's where you're going to really know Him. Because I feel also sometimes uh, when it comes like about miracles and stuff, yeah, it's just, um, is it like very like, yeah, powerful side of God and we see him in the supernatural. Mm -hmm. But sometimes many people, I feel like get discouraged because Mm -hmm. they're not seeing that every single moment Mm -hmm. or every single time. Um, But I feel like we have to learn to enjoy God and Mm -hmm. to get to know him in our normal lives because that's kind of 90 percent of what we do yes. so yes. um i'll say our how has been that for you mm. like when it comes about uh, yeah i mean you were sharing that yeah. a couple like yesterday i think we mm. in our staff training mm. about those moments where you were only like kind of uh, mm. trying to just have good ministry things mm. right but it has been for you to realize and to find the Holy Spirit too, mm-hmm. in those moments where like not miracle is happening, mm-hmm. or not, not you're not seeing anything like oh supernatural. Yeah, yeah. Well, in the Bible it talks about that this is eternal life that you might know Jesus. But that word know is not just knowledge, but it's experiential knowledge, knowing by experience with Jesus. That's what eternal life is. It's not just knowing information. For example, the founder of Youth with a Mission, YWAM, Lauren Cunningham. I know about him. I read his book. I know about Lauren Cunningham. I don't know him. I don't know. I've never eaten lunch with him. I've never walked with him personally or had a personal conversation with him. But I know a lot of things about him from his book. And, and we read his book in YWAM when we start DTS. And he's written many different books. But there's a difference between knowing about Jesus, knowing his life, but also knowing him personally. And so I reached a point in my life where I had a lot of head knowledge. I grew up in the church my whole life. I knew a lot of things. I knew a lot of concepts and quotes, and I listened to so many preachers. But it was almost like I, was, I knew more in my head than I had experience with Jesus in my heart personally. And so that had to come with me seeking Jesus personally for myself. And especially in YWAM and missions, it's very easy to be so busy with ministry and so busy with stuff and we think, well, I'm, I'm good with God. Me and Jesus are good because I'm doing things for him and Jesus is happy with me. I'm a good worker and that's it. But Jesus doesn't want us to just work for him. He wants to be in intimate relationship with him. 
And I know that it's easy to get so busy with ministry that you lose your secret place. And I've heard that before. There was a very big name leader that in the U.S. that has a very famous ministry. And he said the same thing, that when he got so busy with ministry, he lost that secret intimate place with Jesus because he was so busy. And so ministry and doing things for God should never take the place of intimate relationship with Jesus. And even Jesus himself, he knew that he had to be with his father. He had to spend time away from the crowds and commune with his father, just him and the father. And Jesus could say, hey, I have only three years of ministry and then I'm going to die. So I have to be busy. I have to do a lot of things. But Jesus would often leave the crowds to be with his father to pray. And I believe we need to do the same. Because Jesus modeled, he, he says, At when you believe in me, you will do the things that I do in greater works. And Jesus says that this, that um, as in 1 John, it says, uh, it, as he is, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. And so Jesus actually models, he said, this is the life that I want you to live. I want you to, yes, we're active in ministry, we're, we're doing things and being agents with the Holy Spirit. But then there are times where you need to pull away and just be with God, just be with the Father. And for me, nothing takes the place of that. And in the mornings, when I don't, in days when I don't spend a lot of time with God, I feel it. I feel it inside. I feel like more tired. I feel more anxious. I feel more like the, it's easier for the enemy to attack me. I don't feel as focused in the Spirit. But those days where I really prioritize time with the Holy Spirit, it changes how my day goes. I see the difference between those times I do spend, those days I do spend time with Jesus in the secret place and those times I don't. And um, yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah, that's so good. And yeah, so coming back to Holy Spirit and gifting. Um, yeah, I, I've heard like many things, right? About like the gift of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. Um, but I guess um, what... Many people, I will say, is more like, not afraid, but let's say, skeptical about, is about the gifts of the Spirit. And so, what would you say that the, the gifts of the Spirit is about? Like, when it comes, how does it come? The gifts of the Spirit is not the finishing point. We are not to worship the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's very easy to want the supernatural. We want the gifts. We want to see the cool healings and demons get cast out and hear words about people's lives. And it's easy to worship the gifts, but we should never worship them. They are not the finishing point. Jesus is the finishing point. We should never worship the gifts more than the gift giver. We should never pursue healing more than the healer, who is Jesus, who is Jehovah Rapha, our healer. The gifts of the Spirit are a tool to bring the gospel. They are a vehicle to bring the kingdom of God into the situation. The gifts of the Spirit is to lead people to Jesus. And I say this a lot, that the gifts of the Spirit is like coloring in a coloring book. When you first open a coloring book, you see a black and white picture. And you can say, okay, that's an animal, there's an elephant in the jungle, and there's a sun. But when you color it in, it brings the image to life. And in the same way, the gifts of the Spirit operating with the fruits of the Spirit through your life as a believer, it brings the gospel to life. Because Jesus paid a price on the cross, not for us to maybe do some nice things and go to heaven someday, but he paid a price for us to look like something on this earth, to be an extraordinary supernatural people on this earth. 
not for us, not for our own glory, but to point to Jesus and say, this is what it looks like to be a child of God, to be one that is filled with the Spirit. And through that, we minister the gospel. And before I operated in the gifts of the Spirit, no one was saved. I didn't, I didn't lead anybody through the prayer of salvation to make Jesus Lord of their, of their life. I did some good missions, and I'm not against missions that help or feed the homeless or something like that. But I believe even in those ministries, we should have the Holy Spirit with us and always be attentive to know when he's speaking and what he wants to do. And I, when I started learning to partner with the Holy Spirit, I would see God move on people's lives supernaturally. And I've led many people to the Lord by the grace of God, led people to make Jesus the Lord of their life. And I see the fruit that is produced because the Bible says it is the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. It's not just saying, oh, you must change this or that. And that's also part of it. Repentance of sin is also part of it. But also the goodness of God, when people see God's goodness, it actually leads them to repentance, to change their life, to give their life to Jesus. And so these are tools to bring the kingdom of God into this earth. And so good. Thank you so much for sharing that. And yeah, just to, to wrap it up and to like start like finishing, uh, what would you say? Uh, to people to encourage them to start like stepping out in their relationship with the Holy Spirit and like yeah just like what 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 they feel like that the Holy Spirit is calling them to or God is inviting them probably yet yeah, to just to discover this part like what would you say for that to encourage them I heard a quote one time that said God is not looking for silver vessels or golden vessels he is looking for willing vessels yielded vessels And so God is not looking for people that have never sinned or never made mistakes. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God and we are all growing. And I'm even here today as a person that still is seeking breakthrough in my life and still growing in so many areas. But God is looking for people that say, God, even though I'm still imperfect, here I am. Use me. And God is, and not all of us are going to be evangelists. Not all of us are going to be pastors. And maybe not all of us will be YWAMers. But Every single one of us are called to be lights in the world. Every one of us are called to be witnesses in this world in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. All of us are called to that. Even if you are working a normal job, maybe in, a, in the business world or in the marketplace, I know of people that would pray for people in the marketplace at normal jobs and see healings happen and see the Holy Spirit use them. And so even if you're in full-time ministry or not, All of us are called to be in missions, to make disciples in this world. And so I never went to a supernatural school of ministry. I watched YouTube videos. I read books about revival and about the Holy Spirit. And in my heart, I made a decision. I want that. And I'm going to pursue that. And in 1 Corinthians, it's, it doesn't say sit and wait and maybe a gift will come to you. It says earnestly desire spiritual gifts. And so I believe this Christian life is an active life. It's not a passive life and waiting and maybe something will come, but it's pursuing to be used by God, not for our own glory, but for God's glory. And so take a step, invite the Holy Spirit and say, God, I want everything that you paid a price on the cross for me to have. I want to operate in the kingdom life that you paid for me to have. I don't want to limit myself. I don't want to stand before you someday in heaven and God say, hey, you did good in some things, but there was more. There was so much more for you, but you chose not to step into those things. 
No, I want God to say, Brian, you did a good job in stepping into what I paid a price for you to have. And so I say, I say to people, if you want to grow in healing, pray for lots of people for healing. Pray for the sick. If whenever someone in your friend group or your family says, oh, I have a pain, say, hey, let me pray. And pray for them. If you want to grow in the prophetic, you say, you practice praying for people over the phone or in person. I would, I do this a lot, almost every day. I'll find someone on Messenger, on voice message, and I'll, I'll look at them, I'll pray for them, and then I'll hit record, and I'll pray, and then I'll listen to what the Holy Spirit wants to say, and I practice. And at first, you don't have to say, this is what God says. But you can just say, hey, I feel this in my heart. When I pray for you, I sense this. And so if you're wrong, you're wrong. But if not, okay. And so it's a type of practice. I, I believe it's like a muscle. And so start stepping out, but I believe it should start in the secret place with the Holy Spirit first. We don't find our identity by the healing or the miracles. We start with the intimacy of the Holy Spirit first. And from there, we step out in risk. Um, I remember someone said one time, faith is spelled R-I-S-K, risk. We take a risk. We step out. Because if we just live a safe and comfortable life our whole life, and maybe we will not see a lot of things that God wants to do in us. But even when you look at the lives of the disciples, they had to step out and take steps of faith in order to be used by God. I believe it's the same with us, but I believe if I can do it, anybody watching can do it. I'm not something super crazy special. I'm, I'm Ryan and I watch videos, I watch people do it and I said, I want that in my life. And I just wanna say this last thing that um, it's not about how you start your life, that counts, it's about how you finish your life. And maybe some watching have never um, experienced this by the Holy Spirit or they started with a very bad life or very sinful life, but God is looking for good finishers that finish their life well. And I know of people that had a very sinful life before, but they gave their life to Jesus and now they're being used powerfully by God on fire for Jesus to win many souls for the kingdom of God. And so even if you lived a whole life without being used by the Holy Spirit. While you still have breath in your lungs, you can choose to say, God, I want to be used by the Holy Spirit and God can use you while you still have time in the serving. That's really good. Really good, Ryan. Thank you so much. Really good stuff. Uh, yeah, so we're going to end up here. Thank you so much for watching. And uh, we hope and our desire is for this to bless your life.